Welcome, sports fans, to the hottest sports podcast in the game, JT and the Don, with your hosts, Jimmy Thompson and Donato Bucci. They're covering the most current issues in sports from the 305 to the 412 and all the way to the West Coast. You can follow them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at JT and the Don or email them at jtandthedon at gmail.com. Now take it away, guys. Welcome to the next episode of JT and the Don. I am the Don, Donato Bucci. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. So without further ado, let's get right into it. And let me welcome in everyone's favorite JT, Jimmy Thompson. How you feeling today? I feel like you got to stop saying that because I don't, I no longer believe it. You I are everyone's like, favorite. There's I no like, doubt. Everyone I, I feel like you're tro- you're trolling at this point. I don't think you believe that. Cuz you'll say you'll say that and we'll little, we'll get off here and you'll literally tell me you're like, "Oh, you know what? I'm carrying the show. I'm doing X Y and Z. It, it, it's my segments, my topics. I, I don't I don't I don't feel like I'm the favorite." So we're going to switch the names in the show. It's going to be Don and JT, even though it doesn't have the same Yeah, it ring. doesn't have that ring, one. And two, it's in your contract that your name goes first. But two other points before we even get into the, the sports debate then. One, I never said any of those things after the show. And two, why did it take you the 106th episode of JT and the Don to bring any of that up? But you are everyone's favorite. Oh, that's simple. So, that's simple. Fear, fear of intimidation. Wow. We we don't wow. have an HR department, so wow. you're, you, you're, you should be applauding my bravery. Your name per the contract is first on the show. Today. This, that that's this the cachet. That's the cachet. That's the power you have. Always talking about these contracts that I've never seen. Maybe that's just bad management on my part. But I guess your agent. Has I had I had it coming right. You the lawyer. I'm not. That's your, that's why your I agent has you. has your contracts. Hit. Hit your agent up. Aren't All you right. the agent? So, huh? Aren't you my agent? <laughs> yeah. Out, your contract's in the mail. Your, your contract's in the mail. <laughs> your contract's in the mail. All right. So let's let's get into it. Let's start the show off with probably the hottest news from earlier this week, the NBA MVP award. It appears that Nikola Jokic will be named this year's NBA MVP but it has caused quite a stir among NBA fans and the national NBA media uh, in general. So, JT, listen, I know this is your guy. This is your topic. I almost don't even want to say anything, so I'm just going to ask, maybe just ask the questions, but you know I'll give my opinion. But this is all you, man. So is Jokic the right choice for NBA MVP? I already know your answer, but go ahead. First of all, can – I just say I'm so tired of talking about this. And you keep honestly, bringing it up. I didn't want no, to talk about it. I don't. I don't keep bringing it up. Shout out! To, shout out to uh, some of our favorite podcast friends. Uh, stuff about sports. This just in. Uh, Goat Marcus. Because of these guys, I'm so sick of talking about this. We love you guys, but this is overkill. Like I'm so sick of hearing about the MVP. People were just upset before the MVP was even announced because they knew Jokic was going to win. And you know the reason you knew he was going to win? Because he was the right choice. Absolutely. And I'll say this. The stats he put up this year, they were good enough to win an MVP last year. They're kind of similar. So I don't understand what's the argument that he's not the right choice this year. And then also, too, I feel like I'm a broken record. 
the degree of difficulty that he had this year was off the charts. Look at that team. No help. No Jamal Murray. Uh, no Michael Porter Jr. Like those were basically JV players, G League guys that he was carrying, and he got them to a sixteen. And they weren't in the play like the playing scenario. So it's not like they were battling for like the ten seed or something like that. They were six. Like they were going to the playoffs. Like majority of the year, like everyone knew they were a playoff team. So you take that into consideration. The guy put up similar stats to his first MVP year that was worse off than it was in his first MVP year. And it makes sense why he won his second MVP. And I think that people just really need to stop hating on him. The reason is what was different from last year, this year is Joel Embiid's on the scene, man. Come on. This guy, you, you've said it yourself in text messages, probably the healthiest he's been. So that allowed him to be in the running here. And then, bro, he's the scoring champ, a big man, a, a number five, a scoring champ. That should be enough right there. Then on top of that, you know, they're the three seed. They're in the East, which we both agree by now. It's the tougher conference this year. And just his calm presence leadership in a locker room that was just on fire all year, whether it was the Ben Simmons issue and then James Harden coming in, like, Bro, I mean, what he did this year is MVP-worthy, should have won it. Listen, and to me, it's no disrespect to Jokic. You know I have the utmost respect for the guy. And You should. You should have the utmost respect. Say, he's say won you you should have the utmost respect because he's, he's won you so much money. And I, and I, I feel like – Through, but major, you didn't say no, it because – I feel like, like major – I feel like this is major cap right now because I think I asked you this before, and I know I asked Jordan this. If this was a fantasy basketball draft, you're not taking Joel Embiid over in over Jokic. Like you're not. Well, like, that's true, there's a reason but, for that. But no, he no, 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 is no. the most valuable player in basketball. No, that's but why. but if you were asking me to go back now, see, this is what's great about the MVP award, JT. This isn't projecting it out. This isn't projecting it down the road or who would have stayed healthy. We now have the hindsight of the season. So if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, hey, these are Joel Embiid's numbers, this is how healthy he's going to be, and this is Jokic's number, I'm going to take Embiid for this year. Not in, not necessarily for fantasy. Like, this is real-life MVP stuff. And I would say this. If you're going to sit there and say, well, Jokic didn't have help all this, blah, 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 then my MVP would go to Steph Curry. He was without Draymond. He was without Klay Thompson. He's dealing with rookie guys. He's mentoring Jordan Poole, and they're the three seed. I mean, no one ever complained. He didn't complain. You know, that's the only defense you have with Jokic. And so, in my opinion, hey, put Curry up there in front of Jokic. But the reason why Jokic won it last year, and he should not have won it this year, is a man named Joel Embiid. So, it appears, JT... Just as we're doing on this show, the writers are taking a lot of heat for awarding it again to Jokic. All right. Yeah, because they don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, like, who are they to vote somebody MVP? Hey, we don't have a vote, so we're not part of it. So, I mean, if Thank you want to criticize you the us, writers, you would have made us look so bad this year. If you would have had to wow. go on there and explain that little soliloquy that you just gave, they would immediately snatch that vote back from us. Please, so. please. They would put me at the top of the list. So, why do you believe, or why does it? feel like Jokic is being so disrespected this year? I think this is a really good question. So 
one, it's the same shit that I hear all the time. He's always oh, not flashy. Um, he's he's an analytics player. And also, too, I don't know how this is in football because I think it's so rare for this to happen. But in basketball, I feel like this is like the holy grail when you win back-to-back MVPs. Like, people get really pissed off about that. Like, first of all, I know Steve Nash. I mean, a lot of people will agree maybe he shouldn't have won that second MVP, but the dude had a hell of a season, so he was up there for a reason. But I feel like NBA, like when you're getting another MVP, like people really scrutinize. And I think it's because, one, he's boring. And then, two, I've talked about this before, and I'll I'll talk about this because I feel like the situation fits. I think another reason is, two, why he's catching heat is, one, he's not American. And I think sometimes fans and players have a hard time just turning over like the dominant label to him. Like he hasn't won a championship. Like it's just him playing and balling out and putting up stats. And you look like other players go through this too. Like Rudy Gobert is a perfect example. Like he's always crying and complaining about, Oh, you know, I should be the defensive player of the year every year. And he has a legit argument or he's argued or he's, you know, not getting the all-star nods that he has. And it's like, I don't think people relate to the foreign players that are not flashy. It's like, if you're if you're Luca, they love you. But if you're Tim Duncan, you're always going to be underappreciated and disrespected. And I think that's the category that Jokic has fallen into. And I think that's why he's catching heat for winning this second MVP. Yeah, you bring up a good point. The style of his game, right? Is he he's he's not as flashy. He's not going to be the big man in the middle like Embiid is and intimidate guys defensively. Um, so that's one part of it for sure. The other part, which I think came to light in the playoffs, is his defense. And listen, this isn't the Defensive Player of the Year award. However, MVP should factor in everything. Like I said, the leadership, you know, how you are in the locker room. But most importantly, on the court as well. And Embiid gives you, I think, the edge of why Embiid should have been MVP was also the defensive side, right? You took Embiid in fantasy, and I know it's fantasy, but part of it's that defensive presence. He's going to get the no, block shots. No, part of it is because he was heavily discounted, and I took him in the second round. There's a reason See, why he was there. So now, so Embiid now, is actually the disrespected one here because he didn't uh, win the NBA no, What are MVP. you talking about? It's, it's legitimate concerns. Like, the risk is baked into his, his ADP. Like, but again – if, if, if he were – if he were – consistently healthy like Jokic he'd probably be a top three pick but, but what's enticing about him compared to almost all any other center is not only is he going to get the points he's going to get assists rebounds but he's a defensive guy and he's the one being disrespected not Jokic but if you want to say Jokic is disrespected it's because at the end of the game in the playoffs when the season's on the line your team needs you he's a defensive liability and I think it came to light and all of a sudden the fans and the national media that doesn't vote for the MVP looked at it and said, hey, he shouldn't be MVP. He can't even stay on the court at the end to help his team. And Bede stays on the court at the end because he's a rim protector and he's able to manage the pick and roll roles, which Jokic couldn't. So I think the defensive side is why he's been getting disrespected. Because listen, no one had an issue with him last year winning it, right? But like I said, it's because a man, a bad man named Honestly, Joel Embiid came on the scene this year. 
I, I get what you're saying. You got valid points, but I really think the biggest issue is the fact that he's winning too. Like, I think if it was his first one, nobody would give a shit about his defense. Cause like you said, they didn't care last year. Like, honestly, if it could have been anybody, like if let's say if MB didn't have the year he did, it was Giannis. Like they'd be arguing, oh, you know, Giannis, Giannis should win it because he does all these things that Jokic doesn't do. Or it would have been Devin Booker. Like it would have been somebody. It's just, I feel like when you're up for that number two MVP award, people get really salty about it. And it's like, no player is perfect. Like there's plenty of guys that have won MVPs that can't play defense. James Harden is one of them. You know what I'm saying? So it, it happens. I, I don't but think the difference him- is who did Harden go against and who did Jokic have in competition last year? Oh, come on, man. I, I You know what? I almost, I almost want them to give the award to Joel Embiid because I've never seen people cry so hard for somebody to get something. Like, there have been way bigger, quote-unquote, steals of awards than this. Like, you, had, you finally had a year where you played all 82 games. Congratulations. This is what you were supposed to do. You're the process. They tank for you. You're supposed he, to be a generational he talent. The, he should get the trophy. Okay, good. Do it again. Show us you can stay healthy for a full season. But that's again. not the like, way it works. I'm, I'm, We're I'm talking not gonna this give year. You, I'm not going to give you an award for something you're supposed to do, and everybody else is balling out in the league too, so move on with that. Nah, not everyone else is balling out. So we talk about all these these uh, this debate. So should there be any changes – to the MVP voting in the NBA? Hell yes, because this is the main problem. I think, I don't know how they do this, but you got to get this done at least a couple weeks before the playoffs start. Because it is a regular season of war, and this is in every sport. I feel like people confuse the MVP with playoff performance. It's the playoffs for a reason. Like, all the teams there are good. The matchups are going to be hard. Like, we're giving this award based on what people have done during the regular season. So, if you win MVP, get a tough matchup, and you struggle in one of these matchups, like, people will be like, see, like, he shouldn't have had the MVP. So, I hate that. It taints the award. Like, it's the Aaron Rodgers effect. Was he the best player during the regular season? Absolutely. Well, wasn't even close. Did he suck in the playoffs? Yes. Is that diminished the fact that he had an MVP season? No. So just get the get the voting done earlier and announce that shit before the playoffs so we have time to clear our mind and then we can focus on the games ahead. That was one of my suggestions, and I and I I know you had hinted at it. His second suggestion show. is his second oh. suggestion is when, whenever you have an issue with the MVP, just give it to Joel Embiid. That's going to be that's that's his. Or second just suggestion. give me the vote and I'll and I'll make it right. I'll make it right. The, yeah, because yeah, because the Don is fair. Like that's hey, what you're known for. Fairness. Hey, the Don is never wrong. That's why they call him the Don of sports. So, <laughs> hey, my if others, you can, if, if you can prove somebody called you that, I'll get a shirt that says it. The the no, they call it every day. I mean, the sh- it's on the show name, JT and the Don. Why do you think I'm called the Don? My name the, is Donato, but I it's not Don. The Don, the Don is because it's the Don of sports, of all sports. You come to me for all the advice, the opinions. If I come to you, I'd never make a fantasy playoff game. So I, I'm good off of that. Meanwhile, who who won the basketball championship? Yeah. Oh, who won I it did. for you? I did. Who, I who did. won it for you? Who won it for you? Was, was it the MVP? Did the MVP win it for you? Moses Brown. Thanks, Moses Brown. So the suggestion I have that there should be a change is you got to change it from MVP to probably like MOP most outstanding player, because people like JT get MVP confused with the best player in the league that year, or the player that played the best that year. So yeah, maybe Jokic, maybe he was most valuable to his team, but it's hard to say that if Embiid was on that team, he'd be the most valuable on that team. And thus 
the most valuable in the league. It's so let me get, who so played let me get, the best. And it's not just the best player because every year it'd go to LeBron James, in my opinion, and, and maybe in the future to Giannis. But it's MOP, most outstanding. Mean who played the best? Who was most outstanding? Who, if you forget all the names, you're just looking at the stats, you look at the way they play on a nightly basis, who are you taking in the first round? It would have been Joel Embiid. Most outstanding was Joel Embiid this year. Scoring champ, took his team to the, to what, the three seed, all right, or the four seed, whatever it is, in a strong East. He put the team on his back just as much as Jokic did. So forget the most valuable. Who was the best? And in my opinion, in my eyes, it was Joel Embiid. And again, no disrespect to Jokic. I thought he he earned it last year. I thought he was in the running this year. I just think he came up a little bit short. That's all. So his suggestion is buy a vowel. That's yeah. a suggestion. Hey, okay, cool. Hey, it works in Wheel of Fortune. So, right. so one last thing, JT. One other award has been given out. All well, one award has been given out already. The Jokic is, is supposed to be official later in the week, but Monty Williams, head coach of the Phoenix Suns, was named Coach of the Year. Do you think that was the correct choice? I feel bad answering this question because I actually love Monty, and we talk about this all the time yeah. on here whenever we discuss basketball. You know, I, I love him. I think what he's done with the Suns is. This is what Mark Jackson was supposed to be with the Warriors. Like, this is what – if he would have stayed, this is what it would have turned into. But, no, I think it should have been spoke. It, they had the same seed, one in the East, one in the West, tougher conference, less talent, higher degree of difficulty. And I feel like you want to talk about being disrespected. This is something else we talk about. Spo is getting disrespected continuously year after year. Like, I definitely think it should have been him or Monty, but it should have been close. I – if – if it wasn't Monty, okay, let me let me just answer this. I think your pick isn't bad. I would put I would have put Taylor Jenkins. Thank you. Well, thank you. He he said my pick wasn't bad. I appreciate that. I it, mean, it wasn't I, bad. I, I wasn't. I wasn't because I like to Coach Spoke. Nice on this show because I've been watching you be in love with Joel and B. Are y'all dating? You you've been in love with him for the first twenty minutes. Can, can I give my answer? See, do you this have is an why we keep bringing up the topic because you, you keep bringing it up. I have an answer. Your answer isn't bad. I wouldn't mind Coach Spo, but if there's going to be anyone besides Monty Williams, it probably should have been it, – it would have been Taylor Jenkins, head coach of Memphis Grizzlies, just based on the young talent, right? Coach Spo has the veteran leadership. But I think they got it right because you know why, JT? And I'm not a big fan of this all the time, but in this instance, I don't mind. Coach of the year, good choice, the correct choice, Monty Williams, number one seed in the West. You know why, though, most importantly, though, JT, he got snubbed last year of the award. Do you know who won the award last year? You're going to tell us because that's your job. You're the Donna Well, you don't know the answer. If not, you would have given it. But it was, it, was it, was it was Tom Thibodeau. It was Tom Thibodeau. And look what happened. But it was, honestly, how, all, how did he get honestly, it over Monty? No disrespect because, again. Because, but, because he made the playoffs with the Knicks. That's it, I understand. But you want to talk Mont about degree of difficulty? Come but, on. But, but Monty, I, I, get, I get your point. I get your point. But He's, Monty it, made it, it with the Spo effect. But, but no, it's not the Spo effect because Spo effect is I've been in the league 10 years. I have multiple championships. I had LeBron. I don't get respect. Monty here, he takes that team to the finals. Or, or he has a great run in the playoffs, he gets to the finals, even though this is a regular season award, but the Suns were hot. Like, people knew they were going to make a run, and he's part of the reason why. And, and for Thibodeau to have won it 
he did a great job with the with the New York Knicks, but that was Monty's award. He got screwed last year out of it. The writers made up for it. Good job, correct choice. All right, cool. I mean, I can't argue with the Grizzlies coach, even though I didn't know that was the coach for the first like no, no. 10 I'm games going of the Monty. I'm going no, Monty no, but- Williams, but that's why I'd go Taylor Jenkins over Spo is what you just said. No one knew who he was about halfway through the year. Can before we move on, can we both agree that most improved players should have been Jordan Poole and not John Morant? Yeah, yeah, because you could see with John Moran, and it's not like he had a bad year before or that he was non-existent. Yeah. And also, this is what we expect him to be. He was the number two overall pick. Okay, yeah, cool. Fair enough. At least we end on an agreement on something. But speaking to John Moran, we got to talk about this Warriors and Grizzlies series. So, honestly, I feel like this is one of the most intense series in not just this playoffs, but probably the most intense playoff series I've seen in a while. Like, this matchup has been crazy, primarily because of the flagrant fouls, ejections, injuries that have occurred. Also, just to bring this up, um, news broke uh, right before we jumped on the air that John Moran is expected to miss the remainder of the playoffs with the bone bruise. So you can add that to the intensity and injuries of this uh, series. So you got that. You got Dylan Brooks um, punching Gary Payton uh, Jr. in the head. With getting the elbow injury, you got Draymond Green setting it off, doing Draymond things, pulling down Brandon Clark, uh, getting getting a flagrant foul. So, oh, and also too, you got the whole uh, John Morant uh, tweeting. Uh, Jordan Poole broke the code and uh, he caused his knee injury, and we'll talk about that. But with all that being said, let's start with the John Morant Jordan Poole thing, since we ironically talked about them first. Do you think by Jordan Poole? "Quote unquote," grabbing um, Jean Morant's knee. Do you think he broke the code? First, to say that a lot of people bring up the '80s, right? Basketball, how tough it was, and nowadays, watch this series. Okay, it's yeah, physical. Like it's physical. You you've got to bring it. All right. So I Bill, don't. Wanna... Bill and Beer would be elated right I, now. He's I, probably I, somewhere. He's teabowing this because you might never see this again. <laughs> like. These guys are tough in the NBA, all right? So I don't want to hear any of that that stuff in terms of them being soft nowadays. No, they're not. Like, they're tough out there. So to answer your question, do I think Jordan Poole broke the code? Yes. You got to go back to what his coach said. His coach brought up this whole broke the code thing with Dylan Brooks, right? So, but now your player go and do, goes and does this. And granted, the injury I think was confirmed today was based on a, a on a knee to knee collision with Clay Thompson, so it didn't result from the Jordan Poole incident. But who's to say the Jordan Poole incident didn't make it worse or aggravated it further? So that was not a natural defensive position or effort by Jordan Poole. He purposely grabbed his knee, and you could see his knee, meaning John Morant's, kind of like move a little bit. So who's to say there was not some sort of further damage on the on the bone bruise, right? And he misses the rest of game three, misses game four, is going to miss probably the rest of the series now. And again, I'm not a doctor, but who's to say that it did? Really? It, you're, I'm, you're not, not a doctor? I'm not. I'm not. I mean, you look like one, kind of. No, I don't. So I appreciate that compliment, though. But I didn't say what type of doctor. <laughs> But you could be you could like a vet. I don't know. Like don't don't be so happy just yet. But again, but again, we don't know for sure that maybe it aggravated it. And listen, if the Grizzlies had done that to Steph Curry, you better believe Draymond would be in that post game press conference along with 
Steve Kerr, along with Clay Thompson, bad-mouthing Memphis and upset and talking about broke the code and how Memphis is playing dirty. There's no doubt. JT, you play a lot of basketball. Even in L.A. fitness, if someone does this to you, right, obviously if you go up for a layup and they clip you, you're going to be pissed. But even if someone does this to you where, you know, they're trapping you, all right, and they grab your knee and pull it, you're going to be upset. I, I know you are. Like, this was that was not a natural play. I don't know if his intent was to hurt him, but you don't mess with people's knees like that because you don't know how it could turn, what it could pull. You could pop the kneecap. I don't know. I don't know how hard he pulled his knee. Like, so to me, and we see a lot of incidences where, like, the Achilles, you're like, oh, man, like, that that popped, right? You go back and look at that slow-mo, the knee moves. The kneecap looks like it moves. So you never know what kind of ligament issue could be lingering there, and this, and this makes it worse. So to me, was there any need for it? No. So you broke the code. Like, that, that's ridiculous that everyone's defending Golden State here when if that would have happened to any one superstar, that team would be pissed. I do agree with you. Like, if this happened to Golden State, you would never hear the end of it. I do agree with you on that. Now, as far as breaking the code, I'm going to say no for two reasons. One, we could flip it the other way. Like, everyone has broken the code in this series. So they're bo- they both got code violations. And also, too, John Morant's guilty, too, because there's plenty of photos and footage of him out there doing similar things to Steph Curry, grabbing his calf and doing all kind of weird stuff that's not a natural motion uh, while playing defense. So it goes both ways. But the main reason I want to say it's not really broke the code is this is just me. I'm, I'm not a professional athlete. I've never played in the league, obviously. This is on the outside looking in. Isn't this what coaches do? Like when an opponent has uh, – what, what do you want to say? Like they have a limitation to the injury, like you target that injury. Like that's how people are coached. They do it in football. They do it in basketball. They do it in baseball. Like that's – to me, that is more of the code. And we just happened to see it on film with Jordan Poole grabbing John Moran's knee. So what's the code? Like, is it only the code when your player, when your player gets hurt? Like, I don't understand that because I'm pretty sure Memphis has the injury report. They know who's hurt on Golden State. They know what's what. And they're, they're chipping away at those injuries too. Like that's how people coach people to play in professional sports. So I'm going to say no, because John, John Moran got hurt. He was already hurt and it just got caught on camera. Like, no, this this is what the coaches tell him to do. But I'm glad you brought that up just because the coach to, okay. So Steve Kerr, who said you broke the code now turns around and says, Oh, go ahead, Jordan pool, break the code. It's okay. So that's exactly why they broke the code because they knew what the code was. I said everyone got code violations though. But in that, so then why is this not a a, a code violation? You're willing to say all the other ones are, but not this one, but go back to your point. Hold on. Oh, I am. I am. My main point is the code is to win by any means necessary. That, that's that's the main code. And that's what they were doing. It's not in professional sports. OK, but but that's what Dylan Brooks did. And he broke now the what, code. Now, now, what you're talking about is maybe like, like how a, is it a, different? Just a, because a comic, it looked, comic, hold on. Just because it looked worse. That's baloney. That's baloney. Like, because you know, like, if Peyton like doesn't get hurt. If Peyton like doesn't, what I'm saying. but I think that's the way people are thinking. Oh, look how bad that looks. Oh, he just grabbed his knee. Well, it's like you said, but with the difference in football and hockey is if guys purposely go after an injury, you better believe there's fight. You better believe that's dirty. The difference in football is if a guy has a bum knee, 
and you happen to tackle him there, maybe you purposely did, but there's nothing wrong with that because you got to make the tackle. It's when the guy's on the ground and you know his left knee is worse than his right and you purposely fall on the left knee again, right? So that's I, where I, the I, issue I, is. I, I get you. And I that's what you. happened here. I get he you, knew but, it was but, that but no, knee. But, no, but nobody had the, nobody had this broke the code conversation when, when Gary Payton Jr. is getting his elbow broke. Yes, like, because Steve Kerr brought it up, and that's why John ja Morant tweeted it. That's the whole point of John ja Morant. I get it, but it's like, oh, because it's John Moran, it's a bigger deal now. Gary Payton is like, yeah, it was kind of dirty, but we're, what only if only because Steve Kerr is talking about it, maybe we'll talk about it. Like, I, I I don't I don't I don't think the code was broken. If anything, you should know, like, hey, we're professional athletes, like especially in NBA, like those guys know each other. Like, I'm injured, don't try to take me out. Maybe that way, but as far as like the game, the way it's coached, no, because I know they coach people to take advantage of injuries. Now, speaking of taking advantage and failing. As much as we love this physical series, like we got to start questioning the refs. Like, have they failed to officiate this series properly? And has it got to hit? Well, I mean, they they ejected Dylan Brooks, right? They had to. I mean, yeah. punched the man in the head well, and broke his arm. <laughs> so, I mean, and I think they've given out other flagrants, I believe. So they go in and look at the monitor, right? So this isn't like the 80s anymore, or even the 90s, where or even early 2000s, where they don't have the luxury of replay so i think on the court by the letter of the law they're probably getting it right but this is who has failed the nba league office how does dylan brooks only get one game jt now i don't know if he's worthy of a lot more than that but maybe at least two because when you only give one what does that do to golden state jt that pisses them off and says oh if you're only going to give one game for those instances uh, hey, 13th man off the bench, get in here, take out John Moran. You're going to take him out. Yeah, you're only going to get one game max, even if and you get two. <laughs> yeah, even if you get two, no big deal. We got 12 other guys. So that's who's getting it wrong. And if they really want to clamp down, they should have they should have given more to Dylan Brooks, and then they should have at least given one game to Jordan Poole to set the example and say, hey, uh-uh, none of this. You want to do that? You're not going to play in this league very long. So I I think the refs have managed it as best as they could under the letter of the law. It's the NBA league office that, to me, has kind of failed a little bit when they're acting to clean everything up in terms of on-court instant, you know, incidences. But in this case, Dylan Brooks won game. Ooh, I mean, at least go two and make it look a little better. Yeah, I, I want to say the refs are doing the best job they can because they got in this series in particular, they have a hard job of trying to keep the players safe. But also this is like must see TV. Like everybody's watching it. So you don't want to make a call that's going to eliminate somebody. And all of a sudden this series is not as interesting. So I know that also plays into your answer about the league. And I agree with you. I do. I do think it is the league. And I think it's the league letting certain teams get away with things based on what they're doing at the moment. Like this is from the previous series. Golden State was doing this shit against the Nuggets. Just nobody cared because they weren't good. Like we talked about this before. We thought I was joking. I was like, hey, Jokic, every time I see him, his arms are already bleeding. You're like, oh, well, that's just his natural color. I was like, no, look at him. Like they're killing him. They're slapping him. Like he, the, the game he got ejected, he was literally screaming at the guy and his arms were all bloody. I'm like, that's why, that's why he's frustrated. So they were letting Golden State do this the series prior, but now it's getting more attention because this is the Grizzlies. They got star power. It's a big matchup. So I do think the league offices failed. 
And I don't think they can get it back under control because now you set the tone to where these two teams are just out for blood. So it's like now that John Morant's out, honestly, if I was a Warriors star, I'd sit out. I'd be like, hey, man, look, I'm not I'm not trying to end my career. Like, y'all go win that without me. You can't gonna, sit out this series. Are you crazy? Y'all not gonna get, you're not going to get me killed. Come on, man. Because y'all can't y'all can't control these people. You can't sit out. And and by the way, you said, oh, all of a sudden Grizzlies got star power. I thought the Denver Nuggets had the the biggest star in MVP Jokic. They had one star. I guess not. One star. One star. Yeah, he was getting hacked and cut every play. That should be enough star power for the NBA to to change the rules. All right. So um gonna switch gears, talk about something serious. So the CP3 incident. So this has actually changed uh, since you and I uh, decided to do this topic. So for those of you who don't know, um, game four in Dallas, uh, CP3 got into it with a, with a fan. I believe he was a teenager courtside. Apparently um, the kid uh, pushed his mom and his mother. I mean, his, his mom and his wife. So um, they had to remove the fan and his mom from the game. And it was this big deal. It blew up uh, video surfacing of CP3 going at it with this kid. So before I get into the question um, update, I don't know the kid's name, but I saw he did go on social media and explain his version of what happened. And apparently um, he had seats down courtside and I guess it was getting toward the end of the game. And he had two friends that didn't have tickets there and he called them down to sit with him. And I guess one of those people that he invited was the one that touched um, CP3's family. So I guess he's saying it wasn't him. It was his guest that did it. Nonetheless, he apologized for it. Um, so with that being said, um, this seems to be an ongoing issue with, you know, fans getting into it with athletes during the game. Is there a solution or remedy on how to fix things as to avoid future incidences like this one? Because this one could have easily been very serious because, first of all, I don't I, I feel like this is the rules for most people. But I know as a black man, this is definitely rules. You don't touch my wife. You don't touch my mom. <laughs> and it's also extended to sisters as well. Like, you don't, that's a no no. So, like Chris Paul said, I'll see you later. And he meant that. So, with that being said, what can we do to make sure things like this, this doesn't happen in the future? And, you know, it doesn't escalate to another, you know, incident like they had, you know, malice in the palace or anything like that. Yeah. First, regardless of who it was, whether it was the ticket holder for whatever seat or someone else that was not supposed to be in that area. Keep, I mean, keep your hands to yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what they were trying to do. That's, that's absurd. And, and that's a scary situation for a player who's trying to play should not have to be worried about the safety of family or friends. Um, even at, a, even on a road game. So my solution is, and I know owners don't want to hear this, but those t- they need to scale some of this access to courtside seats. I mean, growing up, JT, you know the way it was. Scores table, bench, and that is it. Now you've got a guy sitting in Coach Spo's lap. I mean, it's ridiculous. I can never tell who's part of the team and who's not. you got to get rid of those seats between the scores table and the benches. It should be scores table, head coach seat, rest of the team. So that's the first thing. And then the seats behind the visiting benches and even behind the home benches, those should only be for family and friends of that specific team or celebrities that you know are not going to do any sort of shenanigans. And listen, those players, coaches, whoever they want to sit behind the bench, 
They just need to pay for those tickets. That's how you make up, you know, instead of, I don't know if, if Chris Paul had to pay or not, but all I'm saying is if it's a problem with revenue, yeah, I'm pretty sure they didn't, but if they're not, then you got to charge them. Hey, if you want them to sit that close, you've got to pay. The other thing is they got to have better security around the benches. Like, as soon as something is popping off, they got to step in. I mean, security like, was. I mean, security was but, right there. But what took happened. so? I mean, what look, took so look, long? Look, you know when the Memphis, there's something. Look at the Memphis game. The, the lady jumped on the court and she got tackled asap. I mean, but that's different. That's honest. because they're on the court. You know when before he saw her before. But you know when something's going on. Like why did he one? Why were two? Not one. Two unauthorized people down in those seats. JT. That's my whole point. What is going? You, you've got to do better. You, <laughs> I think we know why, but that's 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 not neither here nor there. Well, but you you've got to do better. And on top of that, so you've got only friends, families, celebrities behind the benches. So you've so got, you want you want you want the 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 bubble seating chart, like when it was the NBA bubble and they had only like their. But, yeah, yeah, maybe like the that. first, maybe like the first three to four rows, right? Only behind the benches. You can keep the other courtside seats across the way because that's far. And then the third thing is they've got to if if you do the security, you do everything right, and there's still an in, in you know an incident like this, then it shouldn't just be a ban from that specific arena because that's what the Mavericks have done until 2023 for this fan. All right. So he's not allowed back in the Mavericks arena until 2023. It should be every NBA game you may not attend for one year or two years, whatever it may be, because granted, that's not going to stop him in the moment, but it's going to prevent that sort of person from going back to a different arena and doing it again. Yeah, I actually do like your idea of um, not restricting, because basically what you're saying is if you want to get close, you got to have a blue check and that kind of gets dicey i think what they no, should that's do, not true one that's the way it should be why should not, you get to 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 bump up against me on the bench you can afford it. if you can buy it you can sit there i i, I do believe no, that but here's the thing no if, i don't agree with that i don't do agree think, with that you open I up do, a lot of can of worms with that statement. i agree i'm gonna agree with you just listen i i agree with you from the fact that i do think the closer that you are to the to the floor or the field or whatever in sports i think that you know you should be vetted as far as like buying those it's like like the airlines like everybody can fly but if you want like global entry and stuff like that like you got to go do an interview they got to bet you so i i i agree with you all however that process it's is, hard to honestly, get around stub hub though see that's the problem I, I, honestly what I would, I would love to see happen is i would love to see them give some of those some tickets in, the, in those areas to like like underprivileged kids that would never get to go to a game that would they would love to just be at the game much less be that close to see like their favorite athlete and they could probably write that off. So I would love to see that happen. Honestly, what I think they should do is let's just let them fight. That's, Cause that's where it's going. Let's just let them fight. Like everything that you propose is good and things like that, but it ain't going to happen because like you said, you can't get around StubHub. There's money to be made. These seats are expensive. Everybody wants to buy them for a flex. So guess what? Less fans is not going to happen. And they're not going to stop doing what they're doing to the players. I think it's just let them fight. I think if one fan gets knocked out, that'll make everyone shut up. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, 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 know one, I know. I know. I know. Part of me is joking. I know. Part of me is joking. But part of me is real serious. So, it's like it's hold on, It's like in life. 
sometimes you just got to knock one person out and everybody else just falls in line. Like, yeah. I think that needs to happen. But, okay, one, I, I never condone violence. This is ridiculous. Because you're condone. not fighting. This, you're this not is fighting. not the oh, opinion no. oh, of oh, the oh, show. Oh, this is oh, only oh, the oh, opinion oh, of oh, JT. Oh. Cap, that's a lie. So, what? I can give you. It's your opinion, not the opinion of the show. This was not approved. I could give you a scenario where you would fight if some if we're in a fantasy football, I mean, not in a, we're in a flag no. football league. No. If somebody is, if some ref no. is screwing you over with no. calls, he will fight. He no, said, no, no, no. I would never fight. I would let. I would, and, and we're talking adult league here, okay? Adult flag football league. I would let the ref know my opinion. I'd voice my opinion, but no way am I going to put hands. That's ridiculous. That's that's uncalled for and. A second, a second thing with with your uh, <laughs> your proposal is you just presume every athlete will win that fight, bro. There are some bad people out there that, that know how to fight. That. And listen, I'm sure Chris Paul knows how to fight, and he probably would have taken care of that dude. But you know you're funny? gonna you run into some some people but you know, but that you, can but fight. But you know what's funny though? You know what's funny though? I, I'm obviously I'm not I'm not saying that anybody anybody can get beat up, but I'm saying is it's usually the people that can't fight are the ones that are perpetuating this. So the odds that the person that can fight is the one doing all the crazy stuff is very low. It's usually the people. It's usually the people that can't fight. They know the athletes can't touch them, so they're like they got their chest puffed out and they're like, you know, hey, he can't touch me. Let him touch him one time to see what happens. That, that's just me. I'm half joking, that, half serious. NBA, that, if you want to discuss, if you wanted to have, that have is, a meeting where we can discuss nah, how we can make this happen, hit me up. For sure. For sure, my solutions are way better, more NBA friendly, yeah, more yeah. people friendly, I, I agree, and environmentally I agree. Your, your, your safe. Your solutions are environmentally more safe. More go, I got you. Go, go. Go to the next. Go go to the next question. Bruce Wayne's the one that got all, the, got all the, money. the money. Um, we. Why are we seeing an increase? Really, the past few years in fans going overboard. Yeah, I, I think it is because of the close seats and how expensive they are. People feel entitled when they've spent three, four, five thousand dollars per seat. They feel they can say anything. Then they've had some drinks, and that's part of the other thing, right? You, you're intoxicated. You've spent that much. You're now that close. You're not screaming from peanut heaven where they can't hear you. You are now almost face to face and you know they can hear you. And the other part of it's social media, JT, right? People get comfortable with being able to say and do anything via social media that when they're out there, whatever it may be, they still feel like there's a screen there and there's a filter. Like you said, they know they can't be touched. So they say it, and all these players are making all this boatload of money. So it's not like they're making fifty thousand. They're like, "Hey, you know, you're you're a millionaire. I'm going to one entice you, kind of poke the bear. Maybe I'll get a Mike Tyson punch and then turn around and sue you, right? But there's also that social media courage where they feel like nothing can be done to them, and they're going to say it. All right. But the other thing. I think this has always happened, JT. The difference is cell phones catch this nowadays. Like when Bobby, I always bring up this example. Bobby Bonilla left the Pirates to go to the Mets. When he came back to Three River Stadium to play the Pirates, they were throwing batteries at the guy, like physically trying to hurt him by throwing batteries. That is not safe when they're being chucked from 100 feet, like in the air down to the field, right? 
But the difference is there were no cell phones back then. So no one had any footage of this, right? And you weren't bringing handheld cameras into ballparks in the early 90s, in the late 90s, right? Like those weren't even allowed, I don't think, if you had one. Now everyone's got a cell phone. So it looks like there's more, but I guarantee you, this has always been happening, unfortunately. I mean, you can go back, especially to the days of, you know, if you really want to go back to Jackie Robinson, uh, uh, Roberto Clemente, I, right? I wish Bill they had Russell. Cell phones like, when Jackie like, Robinson played. <laughs> I, I mean, I can't imagine what he went through. There, I don't know how he, like, just mentally was able to process and survive and, and yeah, play so well, right? So, yeah, compartmentalize it. So I think this has always been happening. It just seems like a lot more because of the cell phone, but the factors. I also mentioned close seats, player salaries, expensive seats, and social media. It, it's just like a perfect storm, and you get this almost nightly. It's it's a shame. I do agree with you. I do think it's something that's obviously always happened, but I think the reason why it seems like it's happening more now, I do agree with you on the social media point. Look at you being into tech and bringing up good points. Man, I, I got to burn I this try. episode because you've actually done I some try. good things, which is very, very rare. Um, I do think the social media aspect plays into it for this reason too because i feel like people just want to they're just clout chasers like they know like this i'm not saying this is why the kid did it but if i get into it with cp3 over some incident it's it's on it's on everybody's phone it goes viral i'm gonna get hella followers i can monetize that perfect example i'm gonna use the phoenix suns as an example look at just last year there was a guy that beat the shit out of somebody in the stands and that dude went viral and made money off of that the suns and four guy like, that's how it is. Like, you do something on social media, it's crazy. It gets a lot of attraction. It goes viral, gets views, all that stuff, likes. And then you can make money off of that. So I think people are clout chasers. If I can piss off this one person and get him to react to me, I'm going to go viral and it's going to help my brand. So I think that happens. But I think it also comes down to there's no consequences because they know nothing's going to happen to them. Like, okay, I get kicked out of the game. So what? I've already done my damage. I've done what I came here to do. So there's no consequences, which is why I say they should fight. And the public is enabling them. You know, it's like, I'm guarantee- I've literally seen comments for this situation where it's like, it's either half, you know, don't do this. You don't, you don't mess with moms. You don't mess with my wife, which it should be. And the other ones are like, oh, well, CP3 is berating a kid. You know, like, like there's no consequences for this kid or the group of people he was with. And also, too, I think the main thing of also that why it feels like it's gone overboard the last few years is the athletes keep making more money. I think people are low-key jealous of that. And I think when you're going to a game, you're coming from your shitty job. You, you might, I don't know how you got the tickets, but you're somehow there. And now, you, like you said, you got a few drinks in you. And it's like, damn, Chandler Parsons is over there making $100 million. He sucks and we're losing. Like, I think people feel some a certain type of way about that. And I think that plays into why they probably seem more aggressive toward these athletes over the past few years. I don't condone that because I think that's stupid. You shouldn't count somebody else's pockets. But I think. When you make more money, you're going to have more hate and more enemies. And I think that's just a natural yeah, thing that's yeah, happening. Good, good point. Good point. So, JT, I want to bring back a Why? segment. Why? Because it's a great segment. You, like, you, lucky, a, you, lucky, you lucky this is going to be a short show because there's no way you can get I'm, this back on. I'm bringing back a segment that we started two years ago during the coronavirus, and it was a big hit. So we're going to go with the Corona Extra Topics. You still don't have Corona as our sponsor for this segment but it's okay i know you're still working on it two years later they're going through branding issues so 
first question, JT, right? It, it doesn't necessarily need to do with like, you know, current events or current events in sports, but just, you know, we like to bring these up because these are debatable topics that you can have anytime, anywhere with, with anybody who may be a sports fan. So best and worst. So let's start with the best, best number one overall pick of all time. Any sport is eligible. Oh, this is easy. It's LeBron James. And I feel like I don't even have to debate that. Like, most hype number one pick probably ever in any sport. And not only did he live up to the hype, but he rearranged, like, sports culture in the process. So, like, how could it not be him? I've got LeBron, but if I could have – he's, like, 1A, but I got to give this guy 1B. It's because he saved the franchise. He's won multiple cups as a player and owner, and he literally – I know people talk about Wayne Goretzky – but Mario Lemieux is right there with Wayne Goretzky. And I know people don't want to hear that, but if Lemieux would have stayed healthy, you know, if he didn't have to battle cancer, he had the most points per game of anyone. And I think had he played enough games, he would have caught Gretzky. But I've got Mario Lemieux, but 1A is LeBron James. I put Mario there because number one overall, the hype, right? Following Gretzky, Canadian, and he literally... The Penguins were never on the map in hockey. He has put them on there. And you see 38 years later or so from him to Yager to Crosby. They're known, to they're Mal- known for hockey. To, like, it's the Mal- Penguins. Yeah. All of a sudden, Pittsburgh's a hockey town. Like, without Lemieux, none of that, never, none of that ever happens. Give that. So, worst number one overall pick of all time. Any sport. Ooh, ooh, ooh this is tough. because it's- I thought it'd be a consensus with it's us. There's so many bad players. <laughs> I, I feel like I don't want to keep bagging on this guy. It's Jamarcus Russell. Just do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Just Jamarcus. Take like, the band-aid off. I, I feel like it's it's he's the worst one because he was obviously terrible as hell. But just look at the two guys that went after him. Their first ballot Hall of Famers. It's Megatron and Joe Thomas. Like they literally could have picked anybody and it would have been a good pick. And then you look at that first round, look at the other Hall of Famers. You got Adrian Peterson, Revis Island, and Patrick Willis. Like I feel like they, wow. I feel like the Raiders could have went out on the street, picked a random bum, gave him a wheel of fortune wheel, and was like, "Spin it, and whoever it lands on is going to be our pick." And it still would have been better than Jamarcus Russell. And it's not even close. It should be him. He's the worst number one overall pick. It's it's Jamarcus Russell, and the reason, in addition to everything you said on field, all of that, he just didn't care, JT. Like even nowadays. I mean, you get the feeling like he's like, ah, I got my money. Who cares? Like there was no competitiveness there. There was no pride. He was lying. There. Like literally they were tricking him. Like, hey, we're giving you tapes to watch. And they were blank. And he's like, yeah, I watched them. Or you hear stories uh, from, you know, rappers and entertainers like, yeah, like Jamarcus Russell supposed to be practicing in the club going crazy amounts of money. And like it's to a point where they're laughing at him. They're like, oh, you remember Jamarcus from the club? Like. It was just like, like you said, he got the bag and didn't take it seriously. And that's what made yeah. it worse. Yeah, that's what made it worse. Made it worse. Because you're right. There's a ton of players you could pick. And that's going to happen. Not everyone pans out. But not like this, though. I feel like this is low-key an uh, underrated draft. Because you'll look like – I'm just mentioning the guys that are going in the Hall yeah, of Fame. But that, that's, that first yeah. round is really loaded. 07 it's is a good loaded. draft. They could have done really well with almost anyone else. That's what I'm saying. They could have just had a bum spin a wheel. 
and just pick somebody. So the other Corona oh, extra. Golly, question. I didn't even see this question. Why do you put this in here? JT, these are all questions you wanted yeah. to debate at yeah, one yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, go we ahead. have a vault. Go ahead. We have go a ahead. vault of questions. Question, we could have a thousand the, episodes. Ask the question because I know you're going to spend 30 minutes on We Tuesday. love ask sports. We can we ask we spend question. hours debating this stuff and we don't even put a mic to it. All right. So let, let's put let's put all these great debates out there for the public to enjoy. Come on. So most overrated MVP season in sports history. I don't bring it up because Jokic just won the MVP. It has nothing to do with it, JT. With it. Okay, cool. So you want me to answer this question? So I'm actually going to um, give credit to a guy that you kind of bashed me a couple shows ago, or maybe we're on somebody else's show because I didn't give them enough most overrated MVP season is probably Bill Russell over Wilt Chamberlain 61-62 season. Because Good. you just look Good at the call. stats. Bill Russell, we love him. He's, he's all-time great, right? 18 points per game, 23 rebounds, four assists per game. Like That's insane, right? Then you look at Wilt's stats. <laughs> you know how many points he averaged that year? Over 30, right? 50. 50 points per game, <laughs> and he averaged 26 rebounds. And he didn't win the MVP. And here's the kicker for me why I picked this scenario. Now, I feel like Bill Russell won it because they had the best record in the league. Well, Chamberlain's team had the third best record in the league, and he's putting up 50 and 26 a game, and he didn't win MVP. Sorry. Like, that, that's got to be the most overrated MVP season in sports history. That's a really good one, and, and I did see it. And I just, you know, maybe it was just too far back in time, but I found I mean, one that I was, mean, you were around. I mean, you caught some of those games on the radio, right? <laughs> yeah, they didn't have the internet back then. So, JT, I found one that is – that's a really good it's one. It's more that egregious made, than this. It is. It is. And it's, and it's even more, like, unreal. Like, you won't even believe it when I say this. So, the 1982 NFL season was a strike season, JT. So they only had nine games to go by, all right? The MVP of the league, all right? Now, granted, it was only on nine games, was a guy named Mark Mosley. Do you know who Mark Mosley is? I feel like I've heard that name, and it's probably for this reason, and I don't even realize it. Bro, his position is kicker. Yes. He was the kicker. Yes. He won the MVP. Meanwhile, Dan Fouts in nine games. Now, you got to remember, this is 1982. These stats are good even oh, nowadays. Was the man. He had over 2,800 passing yards in nine games. So what is that? Over 300 a game through 17 touchdowns in the Chargers. These are the Chargers of 1982, right? These aren't the Steelers. These aren't the Cowboys. Those, those or the are the 40... Winslow Chargers. Yeah. And Fouts, they were 6-3 and three with 17 touchdowns. Now, granted, that's only about two a game, which doesn't but sound great. But, but, this but is, it's early 80s, though. It's early 80s. This is 40 years ago. This isn't Drew Brees, you know, slinging it around. They gave it to a kicker. Come on. No offense to the kickers, but even they would admit that for a whole season, they're not the MVP. Come on. You got to give it to the guys that are lining up every play. Serious question. Were you alive when this happened? I'm not going to. You were. I, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth, Your Honor. I plead, I plead the fifth. 
You were alive when this happened. Oh, so that's so that's so that's why he know that's why it's fresh in his mind. He took it personal. Fresh in mind is not fresh in my mind. He watched this happen. So let me ask you a question. So when you you were watching this on TV and they were announcing the awards and they gave it to the kicker, how bad were you? (laughs) I I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth, Your Honor. That's too much. All right, we got to wrap I will this not, up. I will, well, no, no, we got one more segment. Done, we got I'm one done, more segment. I'm done, I'm done. Trivia time. No, we got to end it on trivia time. We haven't done this in a while. Oh, All right, man. listen, you're capable of getting these. I believe in you. I'm going to start with an easy one. All right. So, Monday night, Josh Naylor of the Cleveland Guardians, JT, had eight RBIs from the eighth inning on. He is the first player to have that many. Eighth inning on. All right. That's that's incredible. Eight RBIs from the eighth inning on because they played extra innings. So it got me thinking and researching about some other records that were broken by hitters in baseball. And let me see if you can get them. I'll start with an easy one. This is a softball. I hope you get it. All right. Who is the only player in Major League Baseball history to have two grand slams in the same inning? I don't know, Barry Bonds. Ah, oh, you disappoint me. I thought you were going to get this easily. Mm-hmm. Fernando Tatis. Ooh. <laughs> Nothing. This guy. This guy. All right. This next answer has three possible answers. I hope you can get one. I honestly hope you can get one. These three guys hit home runs from each side of the plate in the same inning. Now, obviously, not all three in the same inning, but <laughs> that would be crazy. Three guys in MLB history have hit home runs from each side of the plate in one inning. Who are those three guys? See, I don't really know who the switch hitters are like all time. Mm. One of them is pretty easy. The other two, I would imagine, Bay, I would imagine Babe Ruth would be one of them, right? No, no, okay, no. Good guess, good guess. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you this. No. You said Hank Aaron? Yeah. No. So I'll give you a hint. One of these you would have saw play in the 1997 World Series, the one you said you you went and saw in person in Miami. I did. I actually saw a video. It's today's the anniversary. Um, right, I think he played in it. Let me see. <laughs> Who's a switcher on a team? I feel like. Who were they playing, right? It they were playing, the, they were playing the Indians, so. Who's on that team? So they're playing Cleveland, so I'll give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that hint. It's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. It's Cleveland. Who, who in the mid '90s was on that team that was a switch hitter? I don't know. Not Viscal. I don't think he no. was. No, um, you're getting close though. You're getting close. We're talking middle infielders here. I'm trying to think, Johnny, who who was on that team? I'm trying to blank now. Is um, uh, Alomar on that team? He was. But it's not him. It's not him. Not him. So you got to go back a couple years prior. You're right, because Alomar took Alomar took over for this guy. Damn. I'll give it to you, Carlos Baerga. That's what I was gonna say. I I couldn't think of his name, but I didn't want to mispronounce it. I do. You got Baerga. Baerga. The other two guys are Mark Bellhorn and Kendris Morales. Okay, I was not gonna get those two, and you know that. So you just you just hey. want this segment to embarrass me. That's why I hate this. Hey, no, the fans love it. They, they tweet about it all the time. Go ahead. So, JT, that is the end. I'll 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 end it there for you. Great episode, man. A lot of fun. All right. 
Um, to the fans and listeners out there, thank you for listening to us. And remember to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and whatever platform you find all of your other favorite podcasts. And remember to leave us a five-star review. Actually, I messed that up, JT. And remember, if you like what we do, leave us a five-star review. And JT, if you don't like what we do, what the hell is leave, going on? Leave us a five-star review. I messed it up, you know, 106th episode. Hey, can't now you, always now you choose to break the streak. All right, can't man. always be can't yeah. always be great. Hey, I'll start the streak next episode. Also, remember to please follow us on social media. Our handle JT and the Dawn. We can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And TikTok nowadays, thanks to JT. So, JT, again, great episode, man. Until the next episode, see ya. See ya.